Praise the Lord, everybody. Definitely uh, glad I wasn't eating steak last night with Brother Jordan. Amen. Definitely keep him in your prayers. I hate it when the pastor's not at church on a Sunday because usually the devil shows up. So I know you're in here somewhere. But, um, but I just uh, want you to make sure we pray his strength into his body so he can be back tonight. And it's just like the enemy when things start happening like this. The breakthrough we had Friday night and Wednesday night would lead to stuff like this. It's just normal. But keep your pastor in your prayers and uh, expect God to touch him today. I also canceled next weekend to fly. I will fly back here and be here next weekend also so the revival can continue. Praise God. I believe that where it's happening, you should be. I don't try to just speak it. I try to walk the walk, and I tell God in prayer every day that if I've got something on my calendar that's not your will, remove it and keep me where it's happening. And it's happening here, so I'll go home uh, Tuesday and come back next weekend, but the Lord's going to do great, great things. I'm expecting a mighty harvest next Sunday morning, people getting the Holy Ghost. I really felt like uh, we broke it through into a new dimension Friday night of faith. We stretched our faith uh, like probably maybe never before, I'm guessing. It was, it was quite a, maybe some of you have, but it was, as far as a corporate, um, it, was a, it was very amazing to see how much faith was in here. And so last night the Lord began to deal with me, and I have not, uh, I'm not one for preaching something right away. As soon as I get it, I like to let it dwell in my spirit and see where it's for, but I really feel like it's for this morning. I want to continue uh, what started late in the service Friday night in here right now, okay? I really feel like the Lord uh, told us Thursday night that we were entering a new dimension of the miraculous Friday night, and we did with the kind of faith that we had, and so I really expect more to take place, but I really feel like I've got revelation here, and I want to impart it to you, and then let's just see what the Lord will do, shall we? All right, um, Acts chapter 28, verse number 28 to 31. I give honor to all the guests that are here and to Brother Lyle, all the ministry. Love you very much. Acts 28, 28. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. I want to preach from the subject, creating an apostolic culture. Creating an apostolic culture. I think we're in the midst of that right now, and I think this is just another key to open up another doorway uh, to take you farther, okay? Lord Jesus, thank you for what you're about to do in this place. Thank you for the 23 people that you've already filled with your spirit this week, and the several that were baptized in your name, and the people that were healed, and the miracles that are going to take place even this week, the healings that are going to explode out of nowhere. I thank you, Lord, in advance for the power that you have that we sang about. We give you glory and honor and praise. Can you clap your hands to Jesus Christ one more time? Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Normal life with Jesus had to be amazing. Just watching things, just being able to be a spectator or to be able to be involved with miracles that he performed. This was normal for the apostles. It was normal to see people like Lazarus walk out of tombs that had been dead four days. 
and miraculously healed. You, you see people like uh, the woman that had the issue of blood, and she was instantly healed after 12 years. This was normal for them to watch blinded eyes open like Bartimaeus and deaf ears become unstopped. It was normal to see Jesus walk on water. It was normal after a while, three times, he fed multitudes of thousands of people with just a few fish and a few loaves. It was normal to see crazy weird miracles that that absolutely if we saw them we'd be telling everybody on facebook about it because it was absolutely mind-boggling but to them it was normal it was just things that jesus did they it was almost like if nothing happened uh, that would be unnormal that would be awkward if something did not happen in the presence of god lord help us it was so apostolic then that if something didn't happen, something was wrong. And in the book of Acts, you find after the church's birth here in, in chapter 1 through 28, 28 chapters of apostolic culture, apostolic lifestyle. Apostolic is the apostles, what they did and the things that they saw. And if you read the book of Acts, you will find that what they saw oftentimes we do not see. They walk with the Lord. And then in chapter 1, in an apostolic culture, they had the front row seat to the ascension of Jesus Christ going into heaven. In chapter 2, the, the day of Pentecost took place, and 120 people were instantly filled with the Holy Ghost. And in that same day, 3,000 souls were added to the church. In chapter 3, the cripples were being raised up. In chapter 5, the people would come in and hold back, lying to God, and would fall over dead. I bet you it wouldn't take much to shout. If people started dying that weren't worshiping. And in chapter 5, it was so powerful that Peter's shadow was healing people. It wasn't because Peter was trying to stretch his hand over and say, okay, get under my shadow and you'll be healed. But the Bible said these signs shall follow them that believe. And they had so much faith that Peter walked with God that when he was walking down the road, they would just line up and try to get in his shadow. It wasn't Peter's faith. It was the people's faith in the apostolic power that Peter had when he walked with God and when they would get in his shadow they would be instantly healed. Not, not, a, not a fairy tale. This stuff happened in Acts 5 also. There was an angelic visitation. They had been beaten and put them in prison. And the angel came and opened the prison door and put them back in the church and said, go preach the word. That's powerful. That's apostolic. Chapter 8, Philip, one disciple, one apostle, went to Samaria where Jesus never had any results except for one lady with a water pot was the only one he ever converted. And Philip, an apostle, takes on a city by himself and was so anointed and so powerful. Everybody was getting the Holy Ghost. Everybody was getting healed. Everybody possessed was getting delivered. And when it was over, God even translated him after he baptized the guy in the water He went from being in the water to a different city that doesn't happen one second he's here the next second what would you like it if one second you were in frankfurt the next second you were in honolulu some of you are shouting now you woke up you feel the lord all of a sudden it's the will of god for you to start a ministry that's what happened in Acts chapter 8. He's baptizing a guy in the wilderness, in the desert, in the water, and when he comes out of the water, boom, Philip's gone. In a different city preaching the word of God. That's apostolic. Chapter 10 was so powerful. Excuse me, chapter 9 was so powerful. They were converting people like Saul who became Paul. That's pretty powerful when you're converting the most evil people in the world. 
He was killing every Christian left and right, murdering them. And God said, I'll show you apostolic power. I'll get you so anointed that you can convert the worst of the worst. In Acts chapter 9, it was so powerful and so apostolic that when one lame man got up, the Bible said his name was Aeneas. When Aeneas got up, two entire cities turned to God. Only place in the Bible where two entire cities got converted was when a man got up. By the way, Aeneas means praise. And when praise is paralyzed, revival is dead in your city. But when praise gets up, revival will get up in your city. Also in Acts 9, you've got the dead being raised. When Peter walked in the room and Tabitha lay there dead, he shut the door on all the doubters and said, Tabitha, arise. And even though she was dead, death could not hold back apostolic power. And he believed in God and God raised her. Chapter 10, you have visions that start multicultural revival. All the Jews had the Holy Ghost, but the Gentiles didn't have it. But when Peter laid there and had the vision, God sent him to a Gentile's house who had been praying by the name of Cornelius, and God fills his whole house with the Holy Ghost. Chapter 12, you've got angels delivering people out of prison again. Chapter 16, you've got a woman that's following Paul around, and she's acting like she's a big fan. She's acting like she's a groupie. Truth is, she's possessed. And she's saying, this is a great man of God. He's so powerful. But the Bible said she had a spirit of divination. The word divination means python, which means a python literally will wrap around its prey and choke the life out of it breath by breath. And the Bible said Paul was grieved in the spirit. It means he was choked in the spirit. This woman kept getting so in the way. She kept trying to give glory to Paul that was due to God. And finally, Paul had enough of it. He was so apostolic. He just commanded her in the name of Jesus. And that spirit ran away and and instantly she was delivered and they didn't know what to do with him so they threw him in a prison cell underneath the ground but in the same chapter he started singing and praising God and God sent an earthquake and rattled the doors and delivered everybody out of their cell chapter 17 the apostles turned the world upside down the bible said Chapter 18, they were rejected by the religious people. Chapter 19, they had so many powerful special miracles. Handkerchiefs were healing people. And the city, the Bible said, was in an uproar. Chapter 20, the dead were raised again. Chapter 26, they preached before kings and rulers and governors. Chapter 27, they survived shipwrecks. Chapter 28, where I'm going to preach from, they survived snake bites. They saw everyone on an island completely healed. And then at the end of the book of Acts, the Bible said, Paul was so powerful, he preached the gospel everywhere. No man forbidding him. True apostolic culture takes this kind of stuff right here. Now let me talk to you about America. We want our pizza in 30 minutes or we want it free. That was good preaching. I just nailed half of you Friday night or Saturday night. True. We wait too long in the drive-thru. Too long is four minutes. America. I love our nation. I'm thankful I live here. But I'm telling you this. The apostles were not American. 
had they been American, I doubt they would have seen a lot of these things they saw because we are impatient. If God doesn't do it in 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes, it was not his will. We've got a schedule, God. We're going home. See you Sunday. I told you about Ethiopia, about the lady that was dead for three days Friday night, and they carried her, and after all the Americans prayed, and then she was still dead, then the Ethiopians started praying, and she came to life after five hours. In that same crusade, there was two more stories you should hear about. There was a, a bu- the, the bus was driving through this wooded area, and this kid ran out in front of the bus, and the bus driver hit him, and the kid fell dead. The, the, the guy told me, like, Hamburg. He was just splattered on the ground. And instead of taking him and burying him, the Ethiopian pastor jumped off the bus, picked him up, and got on the bus with him, walked past all the Americans, went back to the Ethiopians on the back of the bus, and said, pray until he's back to life the americans were like oh that's disgusting the ethiopians said in the name of the lord jesus christ and they started praying and they didn't stop praying and when they arrived at the crusade he was sitting up normal completely well that's apostolic on that same drive When they were about two hours away from the crusade, the bus driver hit another kid. This guy would not be driving my kid to school. (laughs) Like, dude, you are killing kids left and right. (laughs) Who let this guy drive? I do not know. But this dude hits another kid. The kid's arm bone pops out of his arm. You know what we would do? Go straight to the hospital. Why? Because we're American. You know what they did? Put him on the bus with the prayer warriors. They put him next to this prayer warrior. The guy said, put your hand on the, on the spot. Some of us wouldn't even dare do that. Ooh. And don't pull your hand off till he's healed. And for two hours, the man just put his hand on the open bone and just started praying in Jesus' name. And when, they, when the bus stopped, he took his hand off, and there wasn't a bone sticking out. There wasn't a scratch. There wasn't a cut. The arm was completely off. Well, I don't believe it. That's because in America, you don't see it. See, some of you are staring me down right now because you have no clue what I'm preaching to you. This stuff actually happens, and it's real. But it's not going to happen where we say, God, it has to happen our way or else. God will just say, fine, I'm not going to do it for you because you are putting me in a box of your culture. But Jesus Christ, I've got news for you. When you get to heaven, he's not going to be American. Staring me down today, aren't you? Are you tired or are you just mad at me? I promise you, apostolic culture says it may have never happened like this before, but I want to stretch my faith to a degree I've never stretched it and see what God can do. But most people who call themselves apostolics are just Pentecostal. And I love being Pentecostal, but if you're not apostolic in your doctrine and in your demonstration, you're not apostolic at all. You've got to believe that there's one God, and you've got to believe that God can do exceedingly and abundantly above all you ask or think, and he can do it here. You know what we have in America? We have temporary faith. I, I can, I'm, I'm right with this church now. 
We have temporary faith. And if it didn't happen, well, the preacher missed it tonight. I wish you would say that. Since when is us praying 30 minutes so impressive to God? When he prayed himself all night several times. You know what we don't? You know why we do not? And this is not a rebuke to anyone personally. This is what God told me to preach. I'm going to preach it all over America. You know why we do not? We have schedules to keep. Well, I've got to get seven hours of rest if I'm going to have a good day at work tomorrow. Get your seven hours of rest and keep your sickness. Get your seven hours of rest and keep your doubt and your, and your unbelief because your miracle is not going to come the way you expect it and say, God, it has to happen like this because you know why? All that tells God is my job or my life and my rest is more important than my miracle. So, God, I'll bring it to you. I'll bring you my need, but I'm lining it up underneath all the other things that are priorities to me. And unless you get God on top of the priority list, you don't need to expect the miracle to come to your list at all. this okay? We have to break temporary faith. We have to get into a dimension where we are positive in our prayers, where we expect it to happen. But in America, intercessors are obsolete now. Now if I go to a church of 200 or 500 or 1,000, there's two or three or four or five intercessors, and there's 800 people that are just go to church. That go to the altar. Some of them do. Some of them don't. And we have three people that are weeping and crying for revival. In America, prophets are judged instead of feared. People think nothing of taking whatever they want to and speaking evil against the man of God and releasing venom because they know nothing's going to happen because we are in America. You know what happened in Ethiopia? They, they, Billy, Billy Cole said this is so powerful that when in Ethiopia, not an American, when just, when just the Americans are like stars to them. When they get off the bus, they're like, oh, the, the men of God are here. But they have so much unity among themselves that when an Ethiopian prays for another Ethiopian, when they lay their hand on their head, the, the person being prayed for will take the person's hand. Say, oh, thank you, God. I'm not worthy that this brother would pray for me. Think that happens in America? What do you, why do you got your hand on my head? You think you're more spiritual than me? Boom. I'm older than you. I've been in church longer than you. Who does he think he is? Why did two million people get the Holy Ghost in Ethiopia? And we struggle, struggle in America to get a few thousand every year with billions of people. Why? I'll tell you why. Because we have God in our culture in a box. 
And we give him that much space, and that's why we see that much power, that many miracles, that many healings. Overseas, I've seen it with my own eyes when men that could not get out of wheelchairs because they had no muscles in their calves. I've told you before, I've watched and felt with my own hands as muscles grew from the calf. He had just nothing but bones and skin. But as I prayed, muscles grew in my hands, and he pushed himself out of the wheelchair. I've never seen that in America. I've seen them get out of wheelchairs, but they had muscles in their calves. But overseas, they had nothing. You know why overseas it happens and it doesn't happen here? Because overseas, they have no options. That's some preaching now. Oh, in America, we've got options. God is part of our option. If we get sick, we can try God or the doctor. And overseas, if you get sick, you can try God or you die. That's why their faith is higher than our faith because we have so many different opinions that we can go to and God is just another opinion. This is not a rebuke to this church. This is, this is America. I'm, this is going to be preached everywhere. I promise you. That the problem is overseas, if nothing happens in this service, it's going to be bad. So I've got to stay as long as I can. You know why? Because overseas, it's better at church than it is at home. But in America, it's more comfortable at home. Why would I go sit in a pew when I can sit on my lazy boy and watch a preacher on TV? Oh, I'm preaching to you. In America, we've got so many different luxuries. And we think we are people of faith. I wish I could show you what real faith is. Real faith is lingering in the face of death and saying, I'm not letting go until something breaks. And you pray, and you pray, and you pray, and you pray, and you pray. Where are the Jacobs at? That's I'll wrestle all night long with an angel if it takes that to protect. Where are the people at that say, I don't care how long it takes, God. My program is secondary to your power. I was listening to, listening to a preacher on the way to church this morning. I was listening to just driving at an hour and a half drive. You can be seated. I was driving, and so I was just listening to a preacher preach. He was telling the story. This old preacher's powerful old guy. He was telling the story about this old lady in the church. They had, she had no money, and so she, she prayed to God, and she said, God, we, my family needs to eat. And so she heard about Kroger having some special on chickens or something, so she went down there with no money. And she parked her car in the parking lot and said, God, I'm not leaving until I get blessed to have some chickens in our freezer. She sat there all day. Think we would do that? This isn't God. I've been here seven minutes and nothing's happened. People are looking at me. This is awkward. He said she cried in that car. People walked by, heard her crying. Windows all fogged, it rained, wind blew. Then towards the end of the day, she's sitting there. She said, God, I'm not leaving until you do something. She said she looked up and something flew in the air, landed by her car. She opened the door. It was a $20 bill. Doesn't know where she came from. She grabbed the $20 bill and said, I told you, God, I wasn't leaving until you blessed me. Oh, I know I'm challenging a big spirit. It's not just in Frankfurt. It's all over America. And I know I'm, I'm going to be the, the lone ranger for the next few years to preach this because I know it's what God's told. I know I heard from God last night that you're going to have to challenge city after city after city after church after church. You're going to be rejected by several people. But the people that get apostolic will see the miraculous like I've seen. 
I know it's going to happen. Where are the all-night prayer meetings at anymore? Where are the angel, angelic visitations anymore? Where are the young men having visions and the old men having dreams? Where is that stuff happening? Where are the dead being raised? Where are the cripples getting up? I'm preaching to you. Where are the devils being cast out? Where's that at? It's hovering among us, waiting for us to get connected. And the problem is a lot of us think we're connected because we pray 30 minutes a day or an hour a day and we think we walk with God. I said us. The truth is I need to get about 10,000 miles deeper in the spirit to see this kind of level of authority and power. And I know that we all need to do that if we're going to see God perform the miraculous. The problem is a lot of us are too comfortable. And you don't, have, you don't feel a thing right now because everything's rosy in your life. But if cancer gets in your body, a family member gets in a car wreck, suddenly you're going to be wanting... I promise you, those that are relaxed right now have no need. But when something rocks their world. Where would the power be then? Or would you be calling someone to come pray for you because you know you don't have it? Pastor Jordan, come pray. I don't have enough faith. I'm not saying don't call your pastor to pray, but don't sit there and make him have faith while you don't. Don't act, I'm going to preach it. I know I'm, I'm stepping on toes, but don't expect me as the evangelist to sweat my guts out every message and kill myself when you have no faith yourself. Don't sit there and tell me that I've got to give everything, every ounce of virtue that I have when you're sitting there in your spirit going, it's probably not going to happen. I can see that. You have to have faith yourself. You have to believe yourself. You have to expect it yourself. If God's going to do it for you, it's not based on Brother Lytle's faith. It's based on your faith. It's based on your passion. It's based on your consecration, on your desire. Let me tell you, you can be saying, let me tell you about something that happened this, this last year in one of our services. In that revival in Stockton where 400 three people got the Holy Ghost, and it was crazy. This, I mean, I can't even tell you. It would be all day if I told you the stuff that happened. I will tell you, though, they pray nonstop. You go to the church at 3 in the morning, someone's there praying. 4 in the morning, someone's there praying. More than someone, a few people. I don't care what day of the week, someone's there praying. It's 24 hours, 7 days a week, praying. So, in this revival... We're hitting it. I mean, we're seeing everything. I mean, everybody was getting the Holy Ghost. It didn't matter what their background was. We were seeing people get the Holy Ghost that were Muslim. We were seeing people get the Holy Ghost that were atheists. We were people seeing people get it that were Mormon, Jehovah Witness, every kind of background. We were seeing people that were bound by homosexuality getting the Holy Ghost. We saw one lady came up and said, hey, I just wanted to come to the service. I just got out of jail Friday. Someone brought the tape of last week's message, and me and my friend in our cell listened to it, and we both raised our hands, and we we both got the Holy Ghost in our jail cell. So, 
One of, those, one of those weeks I had to fly home and fly back. And when I was flying home on a Monday, someone was at the church praying. One of the guys was praying. This man, this lady walked in. And they said, we, uh, is this you baptized in the name of Jesus? And he said, yes. And they said, we'd like to be baptized. We just landed in San Francisco. And we flew from South Korea. And we've got to be baptized right now. They said, why? I mean, he said, he said yeah, why? And they said, because um, we were baptized in South Korea, went to this church, and, and the man baptized us in his own name. And these voices have been yelling at us the whole way here and screaming. And we didn't know anything about, the, about listen to this, we didn't know anything about uh, doctrines or anything, but when we landed in San Francisco, San Francisco Airport is an hour and 25 minutes from this church in Stockton. I know, I've driven it several times. They said, when we landed, we typed in a church to be baptized in Jesus' name. The Stockton church came up. So we drove. Out. There was hundreds of churches. They come to the one that's having the revival. So where they, they baptize them in Jesus' name, both get the Holy Ghost, and then they leave town, they go on their way. They left their information. When they called this couple later on and got their voicemail, they found out this lady was a psychic. She was a witch. She had been, she, you got to get this. This is so powerful. It can convert the other team. Not the lost people that are out there. The people that are against us. She was a psychic that was telling people on her voicemail, call for free readings. I'll tell you your future. I'll tell you what will happen. But even she had to admit that what she had was not as powerful as the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost. That's apostolic. Where is that in our marriage? Where is that? We need that to happen here. That's book of Acts. That's Simon the Sorcerer. It's supposed to happen here. And I'm not preaching good this morning, but I'm telling you the truth, that we need to create that culture that we started Friday night. It started burning. Like, oh, man, let's pray. I saw this church stretch. Now, maybe, it's, maybe it has before. I've only preached here off and on for eight years. But I have never seen the level of faith that I saw Friday night. Because you were stretching and praying and pray, And we only did it for 30 or 40 minutes, but we still prayed. What would happen if that happened in one of the service like all night? So some of you are like, yes. And some of you are like, ugh. Why? Because we're American. And we're not really apostolic. Because if we're apostolic, we should be seeing what I preached about in the book of Acts. It's a wake-up call. It's sound the alarm to America, Josh Herring. And you're not going to be loved by a lot of people, but you have to do it. Tell them what true apostolic ministry and true apostolic power is and what is just being Pentecostal and going to church and feeling spiritual because you put your time in for two hours on a Sunday. When we pick up our Bible once a week, and that's when the preacher takes his text, something's wrong. When we fast once, once a year because it's the awakening, something's wrong. See, I, I, got, a, I got a war going on here. I can let it go, I guess. 
You know what our biggest problem is? Carnality. We like to watch movies. Sit there and stare at me down all you want to. I can read it on your face. And you come to church like church is a theater. And this is the, this is the screen. Because we want to be entertained. And we wonder why we don't have power. Power comes when you don't go to be entertained. You go to connect to God and do whatever it takes to get a miracle. Entertainment will make you feel good, but your problem will still be there when you leave. I am going to preach it whether you hate me or love me. We have got to break the entertain me preacher mentality where I come to spectate and I come to watch and I come to observe and I come to criticize and I come to analyze. I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. I know three of you have done that the entire revival. I rebuke and bind your spirit in the name of the Lord. You are powerless right now because the power of God will overshadow you and your doubt and your critical tongue and I would preach this if I was in the biggest church in America I would preach it no matter where I was at because I can tell you it's a word from God for our nation right now I know I don't ever I've never said that in my life I've preached 14 years I've never had a word for our I have a word for our nation we need to wake up and be apostolic we need to wake up and pursue the miraculous we need to see souls get the holy ghost every sunday We need to see a move of God every week where something, ha- where something doesn't happen. It's awkward. When we have more services where stuff doesn't happen than services where stuff does happen, that's wrong. We need to have the services where nothing, nothing would shock us. Nothing would blow our minds. Nothing would seem abnormal. When the power of God, we would expect that person to get out of that wheelchair. We expect that person to get the Holy Ghost. We expect that person to be delivered from alcohol or drugs. We expect the power of the supernatural among us. We need expectation that breaks our entertainment mentality and says God if you don't do it tonight it's never going to happen I've got to grab you and not let go until something rocks my world stand right now maybe not how long would you pray how hard would you pray for a miracle presence of God walk down your aisle walk to your pew would you immediately break into whatever you want God pray as hard as you can tears flowing down your face every wall down praying with all your heart soul mind and strength and not letting go until something happened or would you say nothing's going to change oh I love you Lord I feel your presence apostolic culture sees it happen in church and out of the church happens in the building and out of the building 
fact, I don't know very many miracles at all in the book of Acts that were in the church building. Lame man was outside the gate. What we need is a revelation, an eye-opening hunger. Now, I know half you could care less. When you leave here, this is going to just go right over your head, and you're going to just take life as usual and go back to the house, go back to the movies, go back to whatever, and you're just going to forget this until something goes wrong. And instantly, your mind's going to come back. You hear me? I'm not just preaching. I'm prophesying to you that your mind's going to come back to this message, and you're going to be like, oh, I've got to pray. I need to pray. We need to, oh, God, we need you to come through. And how many days are you going to waste until that day? But there are some of you that stuff's going wrong right now. And so you know, I'm not going to just wait till next Sunday till tonight i know we like to blow it up on sunday night and like to watch on sunday morning but i last sunday morning god showed you what he wants to happen in this church on sunday mornings when 19 people got the holy ghost in one service and it hadn't ever happened in 50 years in this church that ought to tell you what god's trying to do in here versus what we expect to happen god blew our level of expectation away on a sunday morning what are you saying? That anything can happen right here, right now, but we've got to get apostolic. We've got to believe it. We've got to, when I lay my hands on you, I'm believing the Lord is going to heal you instantly. When I lay my hands on you, I'm believing God's touching your marriage right then. When I lay my hands on you, I'm believing God's sending angels to help you, whatever. I be, you've got to believe the same thing. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Are you more American than you are apostolic? When's, what's the longest you've ever lingered for a miracle? What's the, what's the hardest you've ever prayed for an answer? How sincere. I know, I know, I know it can sound sincere. I'm talking about from the depth of your spirit. How hard have you prayed? To where you knew when you got up, I have nothing left because I've prayed as hard as I can. And I've put everything in God's hands. Go, Joshua. We must create an apostolic culture. We must create an apostolic culture in America. It must happen here. I don't want to live in this country if it's not going to happen here. That's sorry. Freedom means great a lot of things, but the power of God and walking with God in the will of God means more to me than my freedom. I must do the will of God. And if we're not having what happened in the Bible happen in our churches, something's wrong with us. We can blame it on whatever we want to. Make of any excuse we want to make. It's nothing but our pride and our laziness and our mentality and our entertainment that's keeping us from the supernatural. Altar is open if you've got a need and if you've got a hunger and if you don't want it at all. Remember what I told you. There will be a day when you need this message in your spirit and you're going to need power over that devil that shows up in your bedroom in the middle of the night and your baby can't sleep because she's having bad nightmares but you can't cast the devil out because you haven't been praying 
Hear me in the Holy Ghost. I'm not, this is not a novice message. This is not, I don't just preach once in a while. I'm telling you what the Lord's saying to America right now. You're going to need power over the adversary. You need power over the enemy. Power over sickness. Power over fear. Power over worry. Power over division. Power over the enemy attacking your home. And you're going to need to get that prayer, that power in prayer at the altar. Interceding, weeping, crying, stretching your faith. If you want God to do it and you're going to need God to do it, then don't put God second to your job. Don't put God second to your movie. Don't put God second to your carnality. Don't make God be on the back burner. Jesus said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We must get in the spirit. We, all of us, me, you, we must learn to not just tap in in the spirit when we're at church. We must get in the spirit where we walk in it on a Monday, Tuesday, and throughout the week. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. You won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Get connected. Pray until you start feeling less of you and more Jesus. He must increase and I must decrease. Pray until you feel like praying. Well, I don't feel it when I pray. Pray until you do feel it. Well, I don't cry. Pray until you do cry. Well, I don't speak in tongues. Pray until you do speak in tongues. Well, I don't feel God. Pray until you do feel God. That means your flesh is in the way. Pray until your flesh is broken. It's not a rebuke. It's a call. And it's going to go forth everywhere. No wonder I've been attacked so much lately. It's for this message. I can feel it. We must create the apostolic culture. It's not just going to happen for us because we're American and we go to church and we love Jesus. It's not just going to happen. It happens for the people that do whatever it takes to go after it. They walked six days to a crusade in Ethiopia and six days they walked home, didn't have a car, and thousands of people walked day after day just to be in the presence of God for a couple services, slept on the ground. Last week in Thailand, in one service, 144 people received the Holy Ghost. And those people slept on the ground for three days, ate out of the same pot of rice, and had nothing. Were picked up by a bus. Some walked several hundred miles. And God poured out his spirit. Over 70 people were miraculously healed. Blinded eyes were open. Deaf ears were open. Because they went for it. Help us, Lord God, to get a sacrificial apostolic mentality. These guys died for this. 
Peter was crucified upside down for this. Paul was beheaded for this. John the Baptist was beheaded for this. Andrew crucified on an X-shaped cross for this. Luke was hanged on a tree. Matthew was beaten on the ground and beheaded. Mark was dragged through the streets until he died. James was clubbed over the head at 92 years old. John was boiled on the island of Patmos. Thomas died from a spear wound in his side. Bartholomew was filleted alive. We are not apostolic yet. We are comfortable. We are carnal. We need to break our flesh and say, God, whatever the cost, whatever the price, whatever the will of yours is, I will go. I will do it. I will do it. I feel hunger in the altar. I feel a hunger in the altar. I feel people praying in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit right now. If you've got the Holy Ghost, pray in tongues. If you don't have it, start worshiping the Lord. Tell Him, Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. When it stops making sense, start worshiping God. Let it go from your mouth. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spanky of the Spirit. We need a move of God that rocks America. We need a move of God that rocks America before another terrorist attack does come on Matt Jesus How desperate am I? I know I can say the right words, but seriously, how desperate am I? How much am I hungry? I know I can say I'm hungry, but am I really hungry? I'm longing. Let my actions match my words. Let my spirit cry out. Let the depth of my soul yearn and hunger for the move of God. I must see what happened in the book of Acts happen in my life. He said... And you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. Take up serpents, drink any deadly thing, and shall not hurt them. Lay hands on the sick, and shall recover. Is there a church in the middle of Indiana that will break culture? That won't be like every other church. Won't be like every other congregation. 
won't be like every ever ever the church that's just going through the motions. Is there a church that God can say, "Hey, I can do something there. I can move there. I can heal there. I can deliver there. I can demonstrate who I am there. I can do the miraculous there in front of their eyes. I am not in Nazareth there. I feel faith there. I feel expectation there." Is there a church that will pray late in the night? Is there a church that will call on God in the middle of the night? Have to go to work in the morning, but pray in the middle of the night because I'm so hungry for more of God. Oh, he called Yoto Lobo Shataya. Hallelujah. 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 I've told you before, the average altar call in North America lasts seven minutes. Seven. Because we don't know how to pray long. Once we run out of words, we assume we're done. We've got to start praying in the Spirit. I may have no words to say, but I'll just start calling on Jesus. I may not hear a thing, but I'm waiting on the Lord. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They waited 10 days. Before Pentecost happened. They were in a prayer meeting for 10 days. Think about that. They were in the upper room for 10 days. Before they were unified in one accord. It took 10 days of straight prayer to break their division, their flesh, their unbelief, their low self-confidence. And they were apostles. But when they got in one accord and in one place, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And that same day were 3,000 souls added to the church. When a group of people got apostolic. I feel a hunger. Sunday morning hunger. About to get higher than it's ever been. Sunday morning expectation. About to get stronger than it's ever been. Sunday morning experiences. About to be more powerful than they've ever been. Sunday morning breakthroughs and outpourings. Going to start being the norm around this church. In the name of Jesus. People are going to get the Holy Ghost on Sunday mornings more this year. Than any other service. In the the name of Jesus. Let there be a holy hunger. Not just because the evangelist is here. Let there be a hunger for the presence of God.
I feel it. I feel faith in here. I feel someone with a desperation. I feel someone's getting God's attention. You want it. I can tell you want it. Go get it. Corporately, individually, go get it. Do what the Lord tells you to do. I know flesh says, I'm tired. I know flesh says, I'm done. Start stretching your flesh. One more minute than what you normally would pray. 60 more seconds. Then two more minutes the next time. Then three. Then four. What are you doing? You're building up your most holy faith. Stretch out your prayer life. Stretch out your expectation. Stretch out your faith. Stretch out your expectation. I pray that the faith they had in Ethiopia in the 90s would get over here right now. Somehow, somehow, transmit the gift of faith, real faith, expectation faith. I'm shocked if it doesn't happen, faith. It's going to happen, faith. It's happening right now, faith. I'm being healed right now, faith. I'm being made whole right now, faith. I'm being made well right now, faith. God's intervening in my finances behind the scenes right now, faith. God's working a way out of no way right now, faith. God's healing my marriage right now, faith. God's reaching out to my lost kid right now, faith. God's touching my messed up mind right now, faith. God's intervening in my life right now, faith. It's a call for apostolic ministry, apostolic power, apostolic authority, apostolic church. It's a call to do what Jesus did. Greater things than these shall you do. Greater things than these shall you see. Greater things than these. Greater things than these. What do you want to see God do in your life? What do you expect God to let you see? Oh, it's not bragging. It's not pride. It's hunger. You have to hunger for the things of God. You need to hunger for the things of God. If you don't hunger for the things of God, you're not going to get them. Starving God.
Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Not blessed are they which hunger and thirst for righteousness, but blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness. It means to pursue it. Anybody can be hungry, but can you be hungry and be pursuing? For they shall be filled. 